Coming up on We Talk News this week, the clock is ticking in Washington, D.C. Will cannabis reform be attached to the defense bill? That has to be passed before the end of the year. Five years in, and Alaska's wheat market is in trouble with back taxes and oversaturation. Plus, only 9% of New York cities and towns opt out of allowing cannabis businesses to open. The Empire State is ready to welcome cannabis. While South Dakota strikes down a voter-approved adult-use market. All that and more, state-by-state reports on We Talk News next. Programming and PCM-TV is supported by Revolutionary Clinics, Massachusetts' number one medical dispensary where the patient comes first. And by Salient Systems for Video Surveillance. You've got regulations, Salient has solutions for your security needs. And by Accounting Buds, your number one CPA specialist for the cannabis industry. And by Artery Pay, easy, cheap, fun, and legal, just like cannabis should be. We are Pro Cannabis Media. Hi, everyone. I'm Elena Pinto for Weed Talk News and Pro Cannabis Media. It's officially the final month of 2021, and Congress has until the end of the year to pass its annual National Defense Authorization Bill. Now, some lawmakers want to attach cannabis banking legislation to that bill. Representative Ed Perlmutter says the move makes sense because drug cartels and foreign money laundering are directly linked to national security. And most recently, this week, more than a dozen financial and union groups are imploring that language be added to protect banks working with state legal cannabis businesses. If lawmakers heed the plea, it could help pave an easier path to federal legalization heading into the new year. Adult use cannabis is coming to New York State, seemingly every corner of it too. When states pass legislation, municipalities have the ability to opt out of being home to any recreational shops. But out of 84 towns and 46 villages in the Empire State, only 9% say they don't want to partake in the adult use market. In California, that number is 68%. With one of the lowest opt-out percentages in history of legalization, it looks like New York is ready to welcome the weed world with open arms. With more on happening out on the East Coast, Claudia Post has our Pennsylvania report. Hi, everyone. I'm Claudia Post from Scarlet Express, a nationwide same-day cannabis delivery service. And I'm right here in the Keystone State, Pennsylvania, to bring you a report on what's hot and what's not. Dr. Mamet Oz announced that he would run for the now vacant Republican seat, uh, which Senator Toomey occupied for many, many years. The good news is, is that Dr. Oz, although he's not a politician, is pro-cannabis. That's great news for Pennsylvania. A survey from Franklin and Marshall College said that Now there are over 60% of Pennsylvanians who are in favor of adult use legislation. That's the highest level of support we've ever gotten. And regulators in Pennsylvania um, are going to test all 
vaporized equipment. And I'm going to read exactly what they're looking for. Grower processor companies, which are licensed by the state, must submit samples of vape products containing anything that alters the dosage level, color, appearance, smell, taste, effect, or weight of the medical marijuana. And that's a little crazy to me. Anyway, that's it from Pennsylvania. Thank you so much. I'm Claudia Post from Scarlet Express, talking for We Talk News. Legendary California-based dispensary Harborside announced it's acquiring Southern California-based Urban Leaf, as well as cultivator, manufacturer, and distributor Loud Pack. The combined operation called State House Holdings, slated to be among the largest vertically integrated companies in the Golden State. With the latest on our green market report, here's Deborah Borchardt. This is the business update for Weed Talk News from the Green Market Report. Green Wednesday 2021 was a big one for the cannabis industry, while Black Friday kind of fizzled in comparison. Green Wednesday saw cannabis sales increase across the U.S., but on Black Friday, we didn't see the same, same kind of sales growth that we've seen in previous years, although some data showed that Black Friday had larger order values and even bigger discounts than Green Wednesday. Harborside had a big week. They announced they were buying Urban Leaf and Loud Pack. Now, the newly combined company is going to be called State House Holdings. They said they expect to begin trading this new company on the Canadian Securities Exchange using the symbol STHZ. That deal is expected to close in the first half of 2022. Now, in addition to announcing this big transaction, Harborside also delivered some sobering news to investors. The company said it was withdrawing its previous revenue guidance for 2021 and that it would revisit the forecast after the deal closes. The newest cannabis SPAC, or that Special Purpose Acquisition Corp, Canna Global Acquisition Corp, priced their initial public offering of $200 million and began trading on the NASDAQ this week using the ticker symbol CNGLU. The SPAC said it has not selected a business combination target as of yet. And that has been your business update from the Green Marker Report. I'm Deborah Borchardt. Alaska's had a thriving legal market for the last five years, or so it seemed. Now, tax problems are plaguing businesses on the last frontier. According to the state's Department of Revenue this year, 56 companies owe more than a million dollars in back taxes. Nine of those businesses have since closed. And while some say these are expected growing pains of the industry, some advocates in Alaska are looking into possible reform to help stabilize things. Another leader in the legal industry, California. Let's check in with Christopher Smith for our California report. Hey, thanks for the intro, guys. Here's the California Roundup for Weed Talk News. This week, I'm all about legends. Legend number one, Harborside. Three of the biggest players in the California cannabis industry are combining forces to form a new integrated business called State House. Legendary Oakland-based dispensary Harborside is joining San Diego-based Urban Leaf, a dispensary and delivery company, and Loud Pack, which adds manufacturing, cultivation, and distribution. Retail industry specialist Ed Schmaltz, the CEO of Urban Leaf, is expected to become CEO of State House and join the board. Schmaltz is a graduate of Deerfield, Yale, and Harvard Business School. He has a blue-chip business track record. He was CFO of Patagonia when he was only 28 and CEO of several leading retail brands since then. The force is strong with this one. Legend number two, the Wizard of Oz. 
Now they say that Los Angeles is the biggest single cannabis marketplace in the world. It's the biggest city in the biggest cannabis state, blah, blah, blah. So it's, no, it's a big deal when LA Weekly brings out its annual best of issue. Heading an esteemed list of best dispensaries in LA is Alternative Herbal Health Services in West Hollywood, better known by its acronym OZ. So naturally, the owner is known as the Wizard of Oz. That would be Jason Beck, who is the longest continuous retail operator of cannabis in the United States. Legend number three, cannabis and crime, but this time, we're the good guys. In the case of where the real world is imitating the digital world, criminal gangs in Northern California are executing what amounts to denial of service attacks on retail stores. Now, a hacker knows that a denial of service attack is when outside computers issue thousands of commands at once that overwhelm a company's security software. In the real world over the past few weeks, there have been multiple robberies by dozens of armed criminals at once who escape in up to 100 vehicles. Cannabis companies have been hit multiple times, and a bigger problem has emerged. A video of police watching a dispensary get knocked over and doing nothing to stop it. Police refusal to protect legitimate taxpaying businesses is discrimination, plain and simple. Cannabis businesses are demanding equal treatment by Johnny Law. In the meantime, they're arming up to protect their businesses, so we're hoping that real life doesn't start to imitate Call of Duty. And legend number four, cannabis taxes are killing the legal industry. One of the reasons why California's illicit cannabis industry is twice as big as the legal side is high taxes. Cannabis taxes make legal product up to twice as expensive and the choice is simple for twice as many customers. In an attempt to support the legal industry, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors voted unanimously to suspend the city cannabis taxes for all of next year. Sounds great, right? Well, the tax is only between 1% and 5%. It won't even scratch the surface of the problem. But hopefully, Governor Gavin Newsom will get the message in the State House. And I'm Christopher Smith from the American Cannabis Report, sending peace and love from the legendary cannabis state of California for Weed Talk News. Last November, people in South Dakota voted to pass medical and adult use cannabis. But the high court there might be a bit high on power. This week, the South Dakota Supreme Court upheld a lower court ruling to essentially strike down everything voters wanted. According to South Dakota state law, constitutional amendments can only address one issue at a time. And the amendment voters chose to pass addresses three, adult use cannabis, medical cannabis, and industrial hemp. So the court is saying it can't happen. Activists say they're already preparing a renewed legalization effort for next year's ballot and with more on a newer market out in the Midwest. Here's Thomas Howard with our Illinois report. Hi, I'm Tom, a cannabis industry lawyer that you can find on CannabisIndustryLawyer.com and here with three stories from Weed Talk News for Illinois for the week that is December 2nd, 2021. 14 lawsuits that are pending in Illinois Cook County Court calling for a complete redo of the state's cannabis license were ordered consolidated into a single super case with one suit that challenges the entire scoring process as unconstitutional, especially the veterans points, uh, was severed from the group and put into its own case docket, which is quite interesting because all the other ones are to see if they were unjustly left out from lotteries. And in another story, a third Curaleaf uh, location in Illinois has voted to unionize Curaleaf dispensary workers in Skokie, voted overwhelmingly to join Local 881 of the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, and continuing to grow a trend of unionization in Illinois. 
Fun fact, Illinois required you to either have a labor peace agreement or a plan to deal with organized labor when you were doing your applications. And finally, Miami-based Air Wellness continues its quest to become a major cannabis industry player with a recent $55 million purchase of only two Chicago-based dispensary 33 locations. The city's only remaining independent cannabis operation, which is kind of hilarious considering that this family spent $1.75 million on lottery tickets and won 18 lotteries or 18 cannabis dispensaries in the recent Illinois dispensary lotteries. And that's all I got for this week. My name's Tom. Don't forget to check me out on Cannabis Legalization News on YouTube. Activists in Ohio say they'll have enough signatures by the end of this month to force the legislator to consider a legalization proposal early next year. If they can gather nearly 133,000 signatures, lawmakers will then have four months to adopt, reject, or amend legislation for adult use. If lawmakers don't make a decision in that time frame, activists will then need to double the amount of signatures gathered to put legalization before voters on the 2022 ballot. Let's travel a bit to the north where Michigan Normal Director Rick Thompson has our Michigan report. Rick. This is the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. Let's begin. Loom Cannabis processed about 170,000 cannabis plants in 2021, according to a news story on the Pioneer. That's just from two locations in Michigan, an indoor garden near Evart, which produced about 150,000 plants, and an outdoor grow near Tawas with 20,000 plants. That translated to approximately 40,000 pounds of dried usable cannabis. The outdoor gardens harvest is primarily used for oil production, which is utilized in making baked products and edibles, a spokesman said. Each adult use cannabis cultivation license allows the growing of 2,000 plants. Their most popular strains include Jenny Cush, Uncle Bruce, and Blueberry Crumble. Now, Ohio may be launching a new recreational cannabis program or it may launch more than one actually. WTOL from Columbus reports that the Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol is nearing their signature threshold and may submit petitions for verification before the end of this year in order to place the cannabis legalization proposal on the November 2022 ballot. Their proposal gives two and a half ounces as a possession limit or 15 grams of concentrate and they allow just two plants per adult for home cultivation, four plants per home maximum. It's a weird program in Ohio. Uh, they have to collect 133,000 signatures, and then the legislature has four months to adopt their proposal or not. If not, the group has to return to the streets and collect another big set of signatures. Now, there is a competing proposal, two of them, in fact, one from legislative Democrats, which would include expungement, give a five ounce possession limit and have other improvements. That was offered in August. A yet to be released counter proposal has been hinted at by legislative Republicans in Ohio, but they're already past their announced deadline for disclosure on that plan. Now, many of Michigan's border communities have cannabis retail locations. And if Ohio chooses an adult use program, those guys will eventually suffer from it. If any of these proposals become law, it won't be till the end of next year and tack on some more time to get an industry up and running. And this is a potential change, which looks more like a 2023 event. 
Now, the Michigan Chamber of Commerce filed an amicus brief in support of Veritas Labs, the embattled testing company subject to a massive recall. In the chamber's press release, they said, quote, the Michigan Chamber is deeply concerned about the impact of what appears to be an extreme and unconstitutional government overreach by the MRA, end quote. Now, their tone-deaf approach to supporting business, especially businesses which financially support the chamber, is just the latest in a series of automatic responses to any government threat to corporate wellness. The chamber routinely champions causes which directly translate to greater danger to Michigan citizens by asking to ease restrictions on the alcohol and tobacco industries. Nothing new to see here. But there is something new from the Court of Claims. The Veritas request for immediate injunction had a two-day hearing this week on Wednesday and Thursday. The lab has been subject to recall for failing to properly document their testing of microbials and aspergillus. Retesting of the cannabis in question is possible and has been moving along at a rapid pace. During testimony on Thursday, the representative from the Marijuana Regulatory Agency, Claire Patterson, said of the 829 product packages they're tracking, 73% are passing their microbial tests and are fit for retail sale. But that means 27% of the retested cannabis has failed testing and must either be remediated and used for concentrates or destroyed. She also described some consumer complaints about the recalled cannabis, including some reports of hospitalizations. The judge in that case has not released this decision as of this recording. The recall is the largest in Michigan's cannabis history and includes 64,000 pounds of cannabis worth an estimated $229 million at retail. And that's it for the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson for Weed Talk News. The state of Missouri has implemented what seems to be a very successful medical marijuana program. Now, groups are setting their sights on recreational use for adults. A coalition filed an initiative with the Secretary of State in August, and they have until May to gather 170,000 signatures, which would force a statewide vote on the ballot for the 2022 election. With that, here's Brandon Jones with our Missouri Report. Hey everybody, this is Brandon Jones from Distribution Maven with Missouri Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. And that's right, Jimmy. Yeah, we are trying to get recreation passed here in Missouri. I am one that has already signed that petition. So we're one less away from needing that signature. Uh, KC Normal has been a great group. The Can Evangelist has really been getting the word out and trying to get these signatures. So I'm very uh, excited to see if we can get rec going here in Missouri uh, by 2022, at least on the election. My first story today comes out of St. Louis where they've actually decriminalized weed possession and home grows. So you're now allowed to have up to two ounces of cannabis in your possession, and you can actually have six plants during, going through cultivation at your own premises. So this is a, a big change. And if you know the Missouri laws, you're allowed to have uh, six plants in each phase if you actually get your license, but this allows you to have just six plants in any phase. Uh, my next story is a little bit of a personal story. This is kind of a, a little weird thing. Uh, I had a surgery uh, last week and I got a call from my primary uh, surgeon two hours prior to the surgery uh, asking about my uh, things that I put down for uh, things that I was taking for prescriptions. And I had written down cannabis and he said, well, my anesthesiologist wanted to confirm that this was medical cannabis because if it's not, we're going to have to cancel the surgery. And I was just taken aback for a second. And obviously, in my mind, all cannabis is medical cannabis. 
So I just told him, yes, I am a, a legal ca a card holder here in the state of Missouri. And so I am allowed to have my medical cannabis. And so he relayed that back to the anesthesiologist and I was allowed to have my procedure. Uh, when I went to the hospital, I did make sure that I uh, kind of uh, talked to the anesthesiologist about what medical cannabis is and what regular cannabis is. Uh, and so we did have a nice little discussion, told him a little bit about my history and how uh, cannabis got me off opioids. So, you know, just a little personal note that, yeah, the, the stigma is still here and alive in Kansas City, but we're working on it. And like I said, trying to get recreation passed here in 2022. So I'm Brandon Jones from Distribution Maven, your Missouri Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great day. The head of the National Institute on Drug Abuse is weighing in on the effects of cannabis. In a new interview, Director Nora Volko said, quote, there's no evidence to my knowledge that occasional marijuana use has harmful effects to adults. She went on to say she found it, quote, surprising that some research indicates that cannabis consumers tend to have a lower body mass index. Volko put emphasis on the need for regulated studies on the effects of cannabis consumption. And for more on what's going on in the medical world of weed, Jesse Lynn Dolan's in Vermont with our Green Nurse Report. I'm Jesse Lynn Dolan from Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses. And this is the Weed Talk News Vermont Report. The Vermont Medical Society representing 2,400 physicians and physician assistants is urging state officials to follow proposed legislation in Colorado and Washington, banning the sale of cannabis with more than 15% THC, which would make Vermont the first in the country with such THC caps. They are asking for health warnings on all cannabis products. Vermont is now open for business for international corporate giants. Toronto-based Slang Worldwide acquired ownership of the Ceres Med Dispensary in Southern Vermont. You might remember Ceres as the Southern Vermont Wellness and Champlain Valley Dispensaries. While Slang watched five board members and their CEO resign last week, they still were able to take out a $17.3 million loan to build out their Vermont operation. Last week, Vermont's Cannabis Control Board removed testing for total yeast and mold counts from its testing requirements and replaced it with species-specific testing instead. This can be seen as a huge win for the cannabis community because some organisms that test as mold are actually important for the plant. The Cannabis Control Board finally released a suite of proposed rules for the new industry ranging from licensing requirements compliance plans to positive social and environmental impacts. They also came up with guides for business regulations, employee education and product tracking and advertising. Some potential retailers see those marketing restraints as punitive. The Vermont Growers Association has partnered with Vermont Legal Aid to set up free online cannabis expungement clinics to help remove past convictions and provide a fresh start to Vermonters in the emerging industry. This could help many Vermonters who have nonviolent cannabis convictions. These are free private virtual consultations with local attorneys that specialize in expungement and restorative justice with the first clinic held on December 4th. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan. 
A new poll from the University of Massachusetts Amherst and WCBB shows the majority of Massachusetts favors legal cannabis. Five years into adult use legalization, the poll found 61% of people favored legal use, with 37% saying they had a very positive view of it. For more going on in the Bay State, here's Ron Marshallsee with our Massachusetts report. I'm Ron Marshallsee with the Massachusetts Cannabis Report for We Talk News. On Monday, UMass Amherst and WCVB published a poll saying that 61% of Bay Staters had a favorable view of cannabis legalization. The Massachusetts Cannabis Commission announced earlier this month that the state had sold $2.3 billion worth of cannabis in the first three years since the first adult use dispensaries opened on November 20th, 2018. Commission Chairman Stephen Hoffman said that the poll shows that legalization is reducing the stigma historically associated with cannabis. This will only enable the commission to continue making headway on efforts to ensure full participation in this industry by disproportionately harmed communities. The state's adult use cannabis sector employs more than 17,000 employees, while medical cannabis employs about 8,800. Legalization campaigns are usually accompanied by the simple idea of regulate marijuana like alcohol, yet this hasn't been the case, especially in Massachusetts. The plant is already taxed at 10.75%, while the beer tax is less than 1%, and now state legislators in Boston want further restrictions on weed. One active bill would limit flour and concentrates to no more than 10% THC, and another would increase the legal age for cannabis, but not alcohol, from 21 to 25. Peter Bernard, the executive director of the Massachusetts Grower Advocacy Council, is attempting to file his own bill in the state legislature that will make alcohol regulated the way marijuana is. Bernard added that his point isn't to get his bill passed, it's mainly to make the obvious visible to his state's legislators that cannabis isn't the substance that needs tighter restrictions. And finally, another cannabis retailer is suing the city it resides in, this time in Gloucester, Massachusetts. The owner of Happy Valley is suing the city of Gloucester over community impact fees that the company says are excessive and bad for business. The suit is asking the city to give back nearly $500,000 in fees. That's this week's Massachusetts Cannabis Report. For We Talk News, I'm Ron Marshallsee. And if you're in Massachusetts next week, namely Boston, Scentsy Mag is hosting an event at the House of Blues. The pandemic obviously took a huge toll on the ability for cannabis lovers to gather together. So Scentsy Mag is celebrating the start of a new year and sense of the world as we go into the holiday season. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, in-person events, obviously we've been starved of them for the past, you know, 18 months or so. Um, and we've been doing a lot of these kind of digital Zoom calls, but getting together in person, you know, obviously just creates that sense of community that Sensi is all about. You know, that's really at the core of, of our business is building community. So that face be at the House of Blues in Boston. Uh, the foundation room is the second uh, second floor there of the of the House of Blues. They have a really nice, elegant setting. A fireplace is going to be going. We'll have a DJ spinning vinyl records. We'll have a live painter there, you know, so some entertainment, some food, and obviously some great people for some cannabis networking. It's going to be uh, probably about 150 people in attendance is what we're expecting. So, you know, not, not the smallest event we've done, but also not the biggest. Tickets for the event are available through Ticketmaster, and you can find more information on Sensi's website, sensimag.com. Leaders of Germany's incoming governing parties announced they have a formal agreement 
to legalize marijuana in the country. They will also focus on promoting broader drug policy harm reduction measures when they take power. And the government of Malawi has asked the former world heavyweight champ, Mike Tyson, to become the official ambassador for the country's cannabis industry, proving it really is a whole new world of weed out there. As always, remember to use it responsibly. For now, I'm Elena Pinto for Weed Talk News and Pro Cannabis Media. See you next time. Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of Pro Cannabis Media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area. Now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Difference is building a solution for that individual. Not just a custom, here's a box, here's a video, here's how you make your VMS. We custom design and custom build every situation for exactly what the customer needs. And we keep the cost low. We have multiple tiers, you know, as far as what you're looking at on the cost side of things. If you want a one-time, you know, where you just pay one initial cost, we have that. If you want to maintain your system and have the highest protection and highest capabilities and highest upgrades at all times, we have different plans for you. But we scale it so it's scalable and affordable 100%. Media programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at Pro Canna Media, on Instagram at Pro Cannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at Pro Cannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on Pro Cannabis Media, Twitter at Pro Canna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash Pro Cannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.